Hi there, precious kinklings. We're your friendly neighborhood kinksters. Jen. And Eden. And today, we're actually answering a, a question that a listener sent in to us. Miss Jen's we got gonna... We got a listener email. We did we're get a We're very list... excited. We got a listener email. <laughs> um, so we're going to go ahead and cover a wonderful question, um, which is basically, what's the difference between a kink and a role? And two, what's the difference between a dominant and a master or mistress? Hello, and welcome to the Case for Kinky podcast. This podcast discusses adult topics, so if you are offended by adult topics or are under the age of 18, please stop listening now. Also, while Miss Jen is a therapist, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not to be taken as personal therapy for you. She is not your therapist. And if she is your therapist, just remember that what she says only technically counts in your private sessions. Is being a master a kink? Here we are on the podcast, and you may notice that our voices sound especially smooth and buttery, and that's because we have a brand new (laughs) set of microphones at long last. Yeah, we really want to thank y'all because we have been needing new microphones since we started this podcast, and it is only through the fact that we have the patrons that we do that we're able to upgrade our microphones to the ones we now have. So we're very, very grateful and thankful to all of you patrons out there and very, very happy and excited to have these new mics. And hopefully y'all can tell the difference. We certainly can on our end. Yeah. So I uh, think you're putting up with the uh, weird like overstimulation from the previous mic. Hopefully this one is a perfect balance. <laughs> So today we're actually answering our very first listener question, which we're so excited that somebody emailed us with a a topic request. There was a lot in the email, so we're going to answer the first part of it in this episode, and we are going to save the other part of it for another episode. Yeah. So, Michelle, can you read the... Yes. Yeah, perfect. I shall read it. Uh, By the way, this person did not consent to us using their name. However, they did consent to us reading directly from the email. So... Thank you for that. Yes. (laughs) just wanted to make that clear. Hi, I'm a new big fan of your show. I had to include that part. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> after deep diving into my BDSM quiz results, because thanks, ADHD hyperfixations, my husband says I've been hyper-focused on worse before. He doesn't seem to mind this one at all. Ha ha. Uh, Our results correlated beautifully, but I recently realized there's a difference in master slash mistress kinks and dom slash sub kinks, but I'm still unclear on the difference. Our dom slash sub were both very high, but his master slash slash mistress was at 100, so I'm looking to understand this better and get some ideas on how to play more into that kink too. So the first thing I want to address is the BDSM quiz, right? It's something that if you're on FetLife, um, you will see a lot of profiles that post up the results from my BDSM quiz and you'll get a list of different things with percentages. I don't know if I've ever taken that quiz. Have you? I have definitely taken that quiz. You have? Yeah. Is it? It's not on your profile though. I don't think so. I... I, but I used to have it on my profile a long time ago, and then I was like, eh, eh, meh. <laughs> well, and one thing to keep in mind about it is it, it's probably something that can change. You know, if you take it when you first get started, uh, before you've really started to explore things, you may find that months, weeks, years down the road, things evolve and change for you. So 
if you took one before or haven't and it's been a while, take it again. See what happens. I don't know where to go for it, but... (laughs) I mean, it's everywhere. So they're all over on people's profiles. And in fact, yeah. we will reveal at the end of this episode what our scores were. Because um, we're definitely going to take this thing now. Now that I know you haven't taken it, oh, oh. my gosh, that'd be so much fun. We, okay. I mean, let me, sorry, frame that as a question. Ms. Jen, <laughs> would you like to take the kink test with me and share it? I agree to take the test. And based on the results, I may or may not agree to speak of them aloud. I respect your dominance and your decision. <laughs> May I share my results if I wish to? I will look at your results and decide. You know, one of the one of probably the op- yes. I'm one of the options being... isn't like murderer. Like you're not like 99 percent murderer. I don't even like, know what the options are. They're not illegal. No, like, I it's know. not like you're gonna find something out about me that you don't already know. Yeah, no, I'm sure it's fine. All right. Um, so <laughs> look for that maybe at the end of the episode. But I wanted to to point that part out first because I think a lot of people get into the scene and they take this quiz. And I don't know how much the quiz explains what these things are, but it it does not really. Okay. But it has things like, you know, master slash mistress, but then it'll also have things I think like tickler or. I don't think it has. No, it doesn't have that. Tickler. No. (laughs) Well, like what's a, what's a kink that it has on there? I mean, uh... or is it just rolls? Keep guessing what rules there are, please. <laughs> As I look it up, please keep guessing. Oh, no. Are you finding it? I am looking for it. Yeah, I'm just actually looking for well, anybody's kind profile. of my point that I was going to go for is that I don't know if, if the BDSM quiz is basically helping people figure out their role percentages or if it combines roles and kinks. And we kind of want to distinguish between the two because it seems like the listener has conflated them. And my first thought is to blame the quiz (laughs) with how it's presented. I think that's probably fair. So this quiz, what it basically does, I'm I'm right now currently like looking up people's profiles because you, most people have it on their, like there's, it's very common to find this quiz on Fat Life. If you're listening to this, this podcast right now and you're at all familiar with Fat Life, you probably know what list we're talking about. But the list is not, to my knowledge and to my memory, it doesn't really, here it is. Um, It's called BDSMtest.org is where it is. And it just gives you percentages and a list of things you can be um, all across the spectrum. And what's interesting about this list is that if you're brand new, which is what I was when I first took it, it helps you understand maybe where you lean. It can give you a direction to go in. And that's why I really like this. But I also find it to be kind of confusing because – yeah, it does list things like master, mistress, dominant, switch, submissive, slave, like all of these things all in a row or like baby boy, baby girl, like you get these scores and it's kind of hard to see arbitrarily how they score you here. But um, I find it very interesting that people share this. So yeah, if you look it up, it says, let's test the kink out of you, which is adorable. Welcome to the BDSM test. We'll begin testing your kinkiness shortly. Would you like us to help you track your evolution over time with a free account? Um, No. <laughs> And then it makes you make sure you're not a robot um, and then you sign in. So we'll go ahead and uh, potentially share our results with you later. But it does have BDSM info and archetypes. It has an about and an FAQ section on top. So it does try to educate you, which is great. Like it, it says right here, BDSM info, archetypes, and then it lists what they are with definitions. Which... Are they all rolled? They're all rolls. Yeah. Okay. None of them are really necessarily kinks. Although you could say that like if you if you get 
like a, a high percentage is like an owner or a pet, your kink might be pet play or animal play. But it, it says roles, like how you would identify. Okay. So I think that's where I just wanted to start by differentiating between roles and kinks. So you just gave a good example of, you know, if your role is a pet, more than likely you have as part of your kinks, pet play, right? If you identify as a dominant, that doesn't really tell me what your kinks are, right? It just tells me possibly that you want to be on the giving end of whatever the kinks are, but it doesn't necessarily what tell me what kinks you're into. So yeah. I want to kind of differentiate those two things first. Well, and yeah, so like a role, obviously how you identify, but I, I did a little bit of research and I found this really cool article on Psychology Today called What is Kink? by Rich C. Savin Williams, PhD for Sex, Sexuality and Romance in the Romance section. Um, and this is a really cool little baby article because it does talk about what a kink is um, with references for where this person pulled um, his sources. But basically what he says, which he quotes from, I believe, an article by Jay Keenan saying, Today's youths and young adults generally call BDSM kink engaging in behaviors that generate a certain power dynamic, experiencing attraction towards acts with a certain power dynamic, and adopting an identity that conveys a certain power dynamic. And this is quoted from somebody named Jay Keenan who wrote an article in 2014 about kink. Um, as a form of sexuality and that's interesting because when I hear that I think of DS not kink and DS is under the umbrella but kink is potentially broader and may not include DS right but uh, the article basically says that kink contrasts with vanilla conventional or normative sex and that's actually probably the best definition of kink anything that contrasts with conventional normative sex well and the definition that I always give is that most people will define kink as, and again, originally it was focused on sexuality, right? Basically, behaviors, acts, specifically sexual, that are unconventional or not mainstream alternative. Technically, the roles you play, the power exchange, the DS, could go under, like, if somebody says, oh, yeah, I'm a kinkster, right? Or I'm kinky. Technically, that could be, I suppose, a broad umbrella. I prefer BDSM as an umbrella because it includes power exchange as a component. And when I think of kinks or being kinky, I think more of behavioral stuff, right? I think more about play or things that people might do in scenes does that make sense no yeah it makes sense for sure um so those are like some pretty good working definitions of kink and we'll include the psychology today article in the show notes and we'll also include the bdsm test in the show notes um from bdsm i think.org is the name of it yeah bdsm test.org we'll include that there too um so that you can find out as well but moving forward the reason we wanted to make it clear what a role is and a kink is is because this wonderful question kind of conflates the two and confuses the two Mm -hmm. um which is interesting you know the question of we have a kink for master and and slave and also for submissive and dom what's the difference really what we're talking about are different roles yeah i think the question that really is being asked is let's separate out kink let's just pull that word out of it 
and look at what is the difference between DS and MS, essentially. And that's a bigger question that's harder to answer than, you know, yeah. what kinks are you into? <laughs> but we're going to try to answer it today. So before we try to answer it, there is no agreed upon working definition of words, master, mistress, dominant, submissive, slave that exclude each other. If that makes any sense, like if I ask as Miss Jen often says in her class, like what, 20 people, what's the difference between a master and a dominant? You're going to get different answers. We create what we do. We create how we do it. We we devise the, the world that we live in, in terms of here's the role that I identify with. How's, he, how's Here's how I define that role for myself. And here's what I want within that role. So yes, you know, it's I think we're going to talk today about the fact that yes, you can get different answers. And I think we should also speak to I think what most people generally speaking would answer that with. Why don't we start from the spectrum conversation? Because the spectrum is like the easiest way. And I love that you teach this in your class. Can you talk about the spectrum? Well, Okay. Well, that was that's more gets into what most people would generally say. Yeah, but so. it's, I think it's helpful because it kind of doesn't force us to put like master in one box and dominant in another. It allows us to look at it kind of on like a blur. Yeah. Well, such as most things in life, it's a spectrum, <laughs> right? And I do like to look at it that way because I think, you know, when you when you talk about putting it into boxes, there's not there's not a two box. <laughs> that these things fit into this is my one two box because <laughs> a box suggests that there's a set definition that there's a set solid boundary around the role right but looking at it as a spectrum i think makes a lot more sense to how it's actually practiced the spectrum as i kind of look at it would be you know one end of the spectrum you've got egalitarian vanilla no power exchange relationships right or roles whatever and if you look at the other end of that spectrum which there's a lot more on the spectrum by the way that we don't need to talk about just know that they're there but the opposite side of that spectrum, I would put master mistress. Or total power exchange. Or would, yeah. So total power exchange. Um, well, I would put, I would say combined master mistress with total power exchange would probably be at the other end of that spectrum. Right. I wanted to jump in to kind of add in as well. Yeah, you can separate them because you, you are not going to always find that somebody who identifies as a master or a mistress is in a TPE, a.k.a. Right. total power exchange. Um, and you also just just for the record, you might find someone who is in a total power exchange, but it's not full time. So it's important to understand that there are um, nuances and like ways of using these terms that might not be what you're thinking initially. Yeah, I think it's good to keep in mind that master, mistress, dom, sub, 24-7, and TPE are all separate components that can be combined in multiple ways. When most people are thinking of like their extreme version of what they, in their head, like a master, a mistress, you know, they're usually imagining all of these things combined into one mondo, like expression of ds so like a total power exchange with a master that's full-time live in like what have you total yeah. power exchange right total total power exchange <laughs> like that 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 image in our heads of like somebody who lives in a cage most of the time and like is treated like a dog well, doesn't... <laughs> what i'm saying that, that image in our heads of like total subjugation and like almost no autonomy no personhood well, now we're going into like 
fantasy books. <laughs> right. But I'm saying like that image is like if you took the most extreme thing that's healthy on this spectrum and then took it maybe like possibly even further. And usually what we find is that even if you can healthily have a fantasy like that, fantasies aren't sustainable long term. So, yeah. but the reason I bring that idea up is because it should help you see that more extreme side. Whereas like on the vanilla side of the spectrum, like a household perfectly balanced with exact egalitarian, like everybody is right on equal footing and the communication is hopefully spectacular and there is no power difference whatsoever. That would be like the very vanilla egalitarian healthy relationship. I'm sure it exists, and I'm very excited for people who. You just want to talk all about fantasies today, don't you? I know that's there's that's that's. But um, good job, Miss Jen. Uh, thanks. Anywho, so one side of the spectrum, vanilla egalitarian. Other side of the spectrum, which is the side that we're going to be focusing more heavily on, is master mistress, twenty four seven total power exchange. You know, if you think about like the. The slider that you pull from that extreme and you just move it over a little bit, right? Then maybe you have master mistress 24-7, no total power exchange. Maybe a 80% power exchange, right? Mm-hmm. There's You can dial it down in terms of how much power exchange there is, even if it's still 24-7, and kind of toggle around with how much power exchange is there and how often, right? From 24-7 to part-time, whether or not you live together, that has nothing to do with it. But, you know, those are things you can kind of play around with while still in the role of, you know, master mistress. Now, toggle just from there, and I'm going to get into some of the nuances in a second, but if you toggle down from there a little bit, then you start looking at dom-sub or dominant. We kept doing just master-mistress, so dominant. And again, you could be a dominant. You did this flipping off a truck. <laughs> because you're being loud outside our house over doing the podcast. Sorry, it's not polite to p- flip people off. They didn't see you. It's okay. Um, so then you get to dominant. Well, you can still have 24-7 and... Somebody can identify as a dominant and have total power exchange. And that's sometimes the piece where people go, eh? Because a lot of people will conflate master mistress with total power exchange, right? And that is, I think, generally what people think about. But there's no governing body that says you can't identify as a dominant and have total power exchange. You can do, like, like we said at the beginning, right? You can customize this to the way that works for your life, your relationship. So I love that you brought this up because we kind of covered two points there. The first is the generic, more common found answer. Many people that you ask in the kink scene about the difference between a master and mistress and a dominant are going to tell you exactly the spectrum answer of master and mistress are closer to total power exchange than a dominant. That's the generic answer, okay? But Ms. Chen just introduced something fascinating, which is the way we use roles to identify ourselves as we feel comfortable, regardless of what the societal expectation or norm might be. There are a lot of reasons why somebody who in every respect seems to be like a master or a mistress refuses to go by that title. The biggest one that I can think of is simply that those words have certain connotations that might be really off-putting to some people. Um, in the same way, there might be somebody on the opposite end of the, the DS, you know, a submissive who, in for all intents and purposes, is actually living the life that many people would consider um, 
slave-like, but they don't like the word slave. They don't use it. And it doesn't diminish what they are, how they show up in their relationship or their dynamic. They're choosing a role that feels comfortable for them, that expresses internally what they feel matches them, right? That's the real answer to what the difference between a master and a dominant is, a mistress and a dominant. Like, the real answer is, or a mistrix. Sorry, I'm really enjoying the neo, the neo honorifics. Um, mistrix or master are like um, non-binary versions. I love them. So happy. Anyways, the real difference is what the person tells you it is, what the individual says that it is. And you also, in reverse, cannot be sure that somebody who identifies as a master or a mistress in any way is doing what you think a master or mistress should do or if they are in any way practicing different things from a dominant. Yeah, or is that all qualified to call themselves that? Well, that's point number three. So point number three is really good. Can you speak to that, Miss Jen, about why some people don't choose master and mistress based on qualification? Well, so it used to be. Fucking <laughs> marker. Well, and re really like pre-internet and early internet days, it used to be that people identified as master or mistress because they were given that title because they earned it and with the introduction of the internet and online communities and all this kind of stuff people can sign on and just announce that they are two weeks into the scene and they are going by master doo pants oh <laughs> sorry that's how i feel about yeah, tell us doing how that. you really feel miss jen <laughs> All right, fine. Master. Mr. Pancake. I mean, if they're trying to like puff out their chest as a master two weeks in, I feel like they'd say like Master Thor or something like that. Ooh. <laughs> I hope there's not a Master Thor. Oh, there's there. for sure a Master. Oh, you know, I'll look it up right now. Keep going. I'll look it up on um, <laughs> Anyway. Good um, use of my yeah, time. It's uh, half the time you don't know who is online, right? You see a profile Oh my God, are there a lot? There's so many. Oh. So there's one person who has the name and managed to get like the full name. So good for them. Another one who added an E, good for that person. Very clever, very clever. Another one who added an H, like I know what I'll do. I'll add an H, an extra H. There are a lot of Master like Thors. Yeah. Oh. Good, good, clever. Well, whoever that Master Thor is, I apologize. I'm not trying to. This is Whatever. not personally against you. I don't know who you are. I, I'm sorry. It's not about you. If it makes you feel any better, they haven't been active since 2016. I think they're not going to hear this. So okay, they're going to be okay. <laughs> what was I saying? Shit. <laughs> so when you go online, that's the thing. You don't know who's behind that profile unless you do know them, right? Unless you have met them. Uh, even if you're talking to them online, uh, they could be posting up other people's pictures. They, could, You know what I'm saying? Like you really don't know who people are. You don't know actual experience. People can list all kinds of crazy experience and it could all be total bullshit like you don't know unless you actually know the person behind the profile so people will do that they'll get onto FetLife they will call themselves you know a master or a mistress not even sometimes knowing what those roles mean if you've done this I'm not trying to be mean or make fun or anything it just tells me that that you're new and haven't done you know, some research, but they'll have identifies as master or dom, whatever. And in their relationships or what they're looking for, it just lists uh, mistress <laughs> looking for 
I am a dom searching for a master or it just there's it's interesting which maybe that's true maybe they want another dominant but I just don't think they know what they're <laughs> what they're talking about it does seem to be some general um, confusion yeah because there's also like think about the vanilla word mistress right I've seen that before where people where people will have a left side of the slash honorific or role and looking for mistress and I'm like I wonder I wonder if this person is like married and they're trying to find a quote-unquote mistress in terms of like a side hustle they're really out here <laughs> advertising their infidelity and like all of this yeah. shit just right off that line yeah like some of that stuff happens anyway I feel like I'm I'm getting off topic a little bit but it used to be that those were titles master and mistress were titles that you earned and because it's not like that anymore, it's really hard to know who embodies that role and who doesn't. I was having a conversation with somebody one time who was newer, um, identified as dominant, and we we're talking about, you know, earning the title of master and, and all of that. And they were saying, you know, it's weird because, you know, I identify as a dominant and I might be interested in going through the process of earning the title of master but I don't know that I'd be comfortable being called master so-and-so. And I, you know, and, and basically was asking the question, would I have to let people call me that? And I was basically like, if you've earned the title of master, then people should call you whatever you want them to call you. You've earned the right, in my opinion. Now, there are some people who will go to somebody in that position and say, hey, like, I, I get it. And probably, you know, you're being humble and that's fantastic. Uh, and it's might be a little bit almost embarrassing, you know, to to have that spotlight on you, right? To to hold that and to accept that title, right? That's a totally different question than earning it, right? You can earn a title, but have you accepted it and integrated it for yourself, right? That's a whole different probably podcast. But there are some people that would say, like, be proud of that. Own that. The only thing I'd add to this is that there are some people who know they haven't earned the title, who do not feel like they have demonstrated any form of mastery over the things that they're doing. And so they don't want to go by it because they don't feel it's accurate. They may be striving towards it, but they they themselves define master and mistress as a specific level of skill and mm -hmm. and I think that's really valid and I really respect people who do that um, as opposed to just seeing it as something you can claim as easily as your gender pronoun right because it's not exactly the same yes you can call yourself anything you want in the scene and that's the beauty of the scene yeah you get to have a scene name but what people think about you and whether or not what you're doing is like respectful um, or will be rather respected by others is kind of up to who you're interacting with, right? Um, a lot of people raise eyebrows at two weeks in the scene, masters and mistresses. Um, so that's just food for thought. Yeah, usually I like the joke that I tell in my class about if I get a message from somebody that's like, you know, this is when I talk about like red flags and stuff and pushing a dynamic. And they're all of a sudden you've had a mess one message with them and they're like, um, excuse me, you need to be calling me, you know, master and my favorite response is okay master bader that is your favorite joke it is my favorite joke i like it it's a lot so cute. Hold for applause and laughter i'm just imagining everyone you know driving in their car listening to the podcast just laughing at like the knee slapping genius. oh yeah. yeah 
yeah whole, 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 other whole. people in other cars wondering what the heck they're listening to that's so funny yeah and you're like miss jen's great <laughs> masturbator joke so that kind of covers most of the ways that people would define a master a mistress and a dominant but let's kind of talk more personally about which ones we think it is because i lean a lot more towards it's a spectrum i see somebody who identifies as a master or a mistress Um, as them indicating one of two things either they are a lot more interested in total power exchange and that's kind of the style that they are seeking and or that they are a pro and that is their pro name because pros will often adopt those types of honorifics because it's useful to do so and it's you know it, it commands it's part of respect. how they market themselves. Yeah. So there's two different ways that you'll see that happen. And then I also personally kind of expect that if someone's calling themselves a master or a mistress, I expect them to have certain qualities. Like I expect them to be proficient in the things that they do, whatever those things might be. So if they say, I like to flog, I expect them to be proficient in that if they're a master or a mistress. If they say, I like to do DS, I like those relationships, I expect them to have some sort of skill set on that. Um, I also, and this is again personal, but I would hope that somebody who calls themselves a master or a mistress has a growth mindset. And frankly, I would hope the same thing for a dominant. But master or mistress to me is a bigger claim than simply saying I'm dominant. Because saying I'm dominant also for many people is an adjective, not just a role. You know, many people will come in and be like, I'm a dominant because of my personality and what I'm interested in doing. The actions I like to take make me feel like a dominant, but I'm not calling myself a master or mistress because that's something else. Well, and I want to speak to that, especially to our our listener who asked this question um, to give some advice as her and her husband get started in their exploration, which is You know, a lot of times when people come in, even if they don't, you know, jump the shark and choose master or mistress uh, right out the gate. I don't know if everyone will understand that jumping the shark reference, but people in my generation and older will. So there you go. Look it up. When you come in, it is quite natural and common, I think, where I see people choose dom or sub as their role. Um, I probably when I came in I probably chose sub before I kind of learned and understood what all of that was about I really love seeing people who are brand new choose roles or 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 publicly face as either exploring or if they know what side of the slash using top and bottom until they get a little bit better of an understanding of oh okay so especially for those interested in play They might go, all right, so we enjoy play from this side of the slash or that side of the slash. And that I know for sure because that's kind of where I got going and how I maybe even discovered that I'm kinky is because we had some kinky fun or I whatever with somebody that I met online or whatever it is. I know that much, but I'm going to continue to explore and learn about the roles of dominant and submissive because that gets pulled a little further out from play into power exchange roles. I think, again, it's kind of more normal for people to pick dom sub, but looking back, I think it's great if you if you go with top bottom until you kind of get more of a feeling and understanding around what being a dominant is and means to a lot of people or on the other side of that what submissive means and then from there of course as you continue to explore and you're however many years in and decide you know you want to take the path of either earning a title 
of master or mistress or just having enough experience and growth and exploration and work that you put into really feeling like whether somebody gives it to you or you've earned claiming those roles. I would really love to see that. And so that's kind of more towards the listener um, as they, as that couple gets started in things to think about in terms of how they identify. Really the things that you do within those roles, that's up to you guys, right? That's up to, to you and your partner. I hope this clarifies <laughs> what the listener was asking about. If not, I would encourage them to email us again <laughs> and have any follow-up questions. Do you want to pause and take the test and come back with our results and um, talk about those? I think I do. I think the other thing though that I wanted to say is that the fact that your partner scored higher as a master than as a dominant doesn't necessarily mean that they are actually interested in total power exchange it means that they simply scored that way on this quiz and I really want to highlight that because I think what's really called for most of all is going to classes and getting a feel for the community and meeting other people with these identifiers to see what feels comfortable for you my guess is that as I'm taking this test and looking at it uh, the part the partner who scored very high as a master probably answered certain questions about like being served by somebody or um, having someone chained up or role-playing some more extreme fantasies, they may have uh, scored higher as absolutely agree. Or maybe just because your partner picked a lot of the more extremes, like instead of – because this test basically works where you have seven options to choose from on a, on a spectrum, dark green being absolutely agree and dark red being absolutely disagree. It could just be that the person who got high on the master-like spectrum always was choosing higher – like the more extreme so was always choosing absolutely agrees or absolutely disagrees and because of that strong opinion was deemed more like a master like we don't really know how this test arrives at its conclusions you don't know the so, algorithm yeah Al algorithm the algorithms <laughs> um no we don't know the algorithms so we don't really know how this test is going to end up and it could be that your partner does really actually have an interest in being a master but it could also just be that they have an interest in a particular type of kink or sex act it could be that maybe they're curious about higher protocol stuff and it has nothing to do with the title master or anything else so I would investigate that I would go into the scene knowing that you have a partner who you know is leaning more towards the d side which is like the dominant side or the left side of the slash um, and I would just start to explore from there and not overthink um, the percentages you got on this test too much because while it's helpful, it's not going to actually be definitive, um, as definitive as you exploring on your own and finding out for yourself what your kinks are and what roles really mesh well with you. Let's go ahead and pause and take a look at this test. Wow. Yeah, we just finished the test and I compared notes. It's shocking. First of all, I'm a mess. That is very clear. But what um, about your test? My test, <laughs> I'm a mess. My test is a mess. I have things that are the exact opposites right next to each other. Like I literally have 1% difference between slave and dominant. And it's a pretty decently high score for both of those, I would say, like in the 40% range. It's pretty accurate for me, I feel. There are things that I'm not fully interested in that were listed here. But I feel well represented um, based on how I utilized the test. However, if I thought my test was a mess, Miss <laughs> Jen's test, I don't even know if she's going to be willing to talk about what she got in her percentages, but like her test is the opposite of what she's doing right now. I, I don't like the test. 
I think the test is broken. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, BDSMtest.org, but your test might be broken. I mean, look, they're not sponsoring us. I, I don't like the way questions were posed. Yeah. It was very difficult because there were some questions that were asked as, you know, I could, I could do this or I could do that and that's fine. But a lot of the questions were, you know, I like to do blah, blah, blah with my partner. And if I was only thinking about one partner or you, I would go through this test totally differently. But in my mind, I'm like, it depends on the partner, you know? So... I would hit the neutral because I couldn't answer in either direction. You've hit neutral too many times. A and lot. what you get from that is a really big mess. <laughs> I also hit neutral, but I was careful to be like clear on certain areas. My test leans, I'll just list some of my, my tops, which I feel are actually pretty honest for me. 95% degradee, which hot, very cool. Also, I didn't fully realize I was that into this until I was taking the test and I was like, ooh, that does sound nice. Got 94% boy girl, which matches with my little. So I'm like, oh shit, that's really becoming a strong part of me. And 92% masochist and non-monogamist and 91% submissive and then 87% switch. So when I look at all my greens, like that's actually a pretty accurate description of the things I'm into. And I still have like thrown into there like sadist as 60%. Like it's just really interesting the way that this test organized things I'm into. But here's what's really interesting. I got 41% for daddy mommy. And the reason I find that interesting is because with the right partner, if I was a dominant with a person or if I was taking that type of D type role, I would 100% be invested in being a mommy to somebody. That wouldn't be a 41% interest. I'd have 100% interest in that partner. That's my thing. Like, if you were answering this quiz based on that hypothetical partner, you would have answered that those questions probably very differently than you would thinking about, like, me being your partner, for example. Yeah. Well, I think also, though, for me, to my credit, because, like, you got, like, a high – what was your highest – wasn't your highest thing switch? Yeah, but then the next highest jumps to 77. Yeah, like, you got 100% switch. <laughs> I don't switch. have any 80s, nothing 90s, like – You got 100% switch and then jumped back down. <laughs> I think what's interesting about your test is it shows – you getting 100% switch shows that – you're I did the, really I did the neutral button a yeah, lot. If you hit the neutral <laughs> button too many times, you're going to be labeled as a switch. Apparently, I, I guess I overthought it because I'm like, it depends on the partner. It depends on the partner. It depends on the partner. Like I, so I would just hit neutral if it. <laughs> I think though it is interesting because uh. the one thing that this test can't really tell you is how into something you are, depending on who you're with. And yeah, I, for... I think you should take this test per partner. <laughs> Potentially, yeah. And I would be curious if you retook the test per like for me, what you'd come back with. Like, in fact, I challenge you to do that. I think that'd be really sure. cool. Sure, want to do it right now? Yeah, I want to do it right. Yeah, okay. do it right now. It'd be great. Um, if you would wouldn't mind. Um, I think for me, what's interesting is that I, I do think that I generically lean more towards the S side, and I'm still getting used to my topping. So I haven't had a chance to really step into my top side as much. And I also haven't had a chance to explore any sort of DS from a top perspective. So it could be that in five years from now, I take this test and I end up with the same results as you, just a horrible mess <laughs> instead of my kind of like cute little mess over here. But this test is very interesting. And the reason I think it's most fascinating is that Miss Jen does not agree in any way with the results she got. And... I'm okay with the results I got, but I can think of multiple cases where 
I might not want to explore certain pieces that are recommended here. So this is not the final word on who you are or what you're into. And if you're a demi person or a poly person, this test is going to be really hard to take. And Miss Jen happens to be basically both of those things. So this is more geared, I what think, I? towards what are the both Demi things? and Polly. Oh. Like the way that you approach this test was from like, a, I need to know <laughs> the person I'm with to answer these questions. Your 100% switch is you being 100% open to different possibilities with different partners. On that front, I'm a little offended that my switch is not higher up on my scale. <laughs> I only got an 87%, not a full 100. That's still very high. Yeah, it's still pretty high. All right, so now Miss Jen's taking the test. Um, through the lens of me as the partner being referenced, what did you come up with? My top is still switch, but not as high. So it's a 93%. But my next one <clears throat> is 87% non-monogamist and then 83% dominant. 80% degrader. Crown. 77% sadist. 72% brat tamer. 71% experimentalist. And then it goes kind of down from there. Rigger, master mistress, daddy mommy, owner, primal hunter. And then it goes into orange. Under under 40%, it goes into orange, submissive, vanilla, voyeur. And then it goes sort of into red at under 20% of exhibitionist, rope bunny, masochist, brat, age player, digger D. And 0% for pet, primal prey, boy, girl, and slave. Yeah. It's really interesting. And like, that's just because of the lens you did it through. I was trying to take it myself really fast through the lens of like people I play with. But honestly, like, I don't even want to bother because I don't have anybody that a lot of these questions are also like about sex. Yeah. And that's kind of also another critique I'd have of this is like, I as a top don't have sex with my bottoms. And so when they're asking, like, I want to tie up my partner during sex or I want to tell them what to do during sex. I'm like, I legit don't like, right. that's not where I'm coming from as a top. So like, this is definitely a flawed test, um, but I think what's clear is that Miss Jen is obviously a switch after that <laughs> test twice in both directions. I think the test is helpful. I'm I not just, sure where the switch comes from on this time around, though. I don't know. Did you do too many neutrals? I don't think so. I don't know, man. Something's happening. I don't know. The test is seeing something in you. I don't. Are you going to be okay? No, I'm fine. It's just weird. In any case, we <laughs> totally recommend that you take the test, but we also recommend that you take it with a grain of salt. Um, big old a big fat salt grain of salt. Lick. Yeah, maybe take it through different perspectives. If you are a switch, maybe approach this. Or if you're poly, approach the test for each partner you have. And that might give you a slightly more accurate reading. Because that first reading from Ms. Jen was very alarming. Yeah, it just... it. It does not take into account non-monogamy. It doesn't take into account different partners. And really, it doesn't take into account switchiness to a degree because so many of the questions ask from only one side. And then it's like, well, which one do you choose, especially like if you're a switch and have multiple partners, right? So I think the test definitely has a lot of flaws. I don't know. As more experienced people, we can actually tell you what we're liter we literally are getting up to to let you know if it actually matches. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. We hope that this uh, <laughs> podcast did answer the question that was posed to us in the email. What's really helpful is there were actually descriptions on the test of what each of these things mean. And I thought they gave a decent description of what a master and mistress are in comparison to a dominant. Maybe we gave some better food for thought than that test did. Well, and hopefully we help distinguish between a role and kinks. Yeah. And if anything, you You've seen basically in live action how this quiz does not really show who somebody is. It might get you pegged the first time you oh, take it. Hey, oh, but that's not on there. It also <laughs> might be a horrible mess. So. <laughs> 
Roll the dice. We would not end this podcast without thanking our team, Lena, Tussled, and Sid, who all contribute to making this podcast amazing. Tussle takes a lot of notes for us and will help us sometimes gear our content. Lena moderates our Discord and is a super fan um, and also a vampire. And Sid built our Discord and our website. We're eternally grateful to all three of them. And we, of course, want to shout out our Call Me Kinkling. Pudding. Pudding. Thank you so much for being on our top tier. If you're curious about um, our Patreon, go check it out. It's Patreon at Case for Kinky. Go to our website, which is caseforkinky.org, and sign up for our newsletter. And without further ado, we'll end this episode by saying bye. Be well. Oh. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Be, Be well, well, precious, precious kinklings. kinklings. Bye. bye. <laughs> so cute.